Okay. Well, since Pastor Eric isn't here, we're not going to do Matthew 8 because I was not prepared for that. (laughs) So what I'd like to do in this time is um, I thought about going back to the next passage in our Genesis series. Uh, Let me grab my phone for the timer and I'll be right back. So I thought about going back and picking up where we were in Genesis, and then I thought, you know, uh, there's more here that I'd like to draw out uh, that I'm just not quite ready for yet. So um, sat down in my basement office today, and I thought, Lord, what do you want me to say to our people? I, I don't have a sermon yet. <laughs> um, and what I believe that God is given us an opportunity for is I want to show you something that's going on in a passage of scripture that's been on my heart lately for our church. Something that has come up in my own prayer times as I've been praying for us as a church. I shared some of this with our new location committee in the last meeting. And I want to share it with our whole body. Uh, I believe that God has something for us here. So if you you take a Bible Um, If you brought one, or actually there's a big shelf full of Bibles over here, or if you want to use your phone, uh, turn your Bible to Deuteronomy 34. And we're going to read Deuteronomy 34, followed by Joshua chapter 1. Just for a just a quick context, uh, what's Deuteronomy is the last book of the Pentateuch, and so the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, is the story all the way from creation, all the way through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Jacob's sons going down to Egypt, the people being enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, God calling Moses to lead the people out of Egypt to Sinai, where they have made a covenant with God and received his law, and then they wandered around the desert for 40 years, having all kinds of experiences. And then Moses goes up on a mountain to die, and God appoints Joshua to lead the people in. And that's where the Pentateuch ends, and that's the story we're going to read right here. So if you want to follow along, Deuteronomy 34, all the way through Joshua 1. Here we go. Um. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah across from Jericho. And there the Lord showed him the land. From Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim, Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the western sea. The Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land that I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I'll give it to you and your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you won't cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord has said. And he, that's the Lord, buried Moses in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. To this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak and his strength nor his strength gone. And the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, 
was filled with the Spirit, Spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what he, the Lord, and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. And since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all the miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them. Give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert in Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea to the west. And no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And do not turn to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp. Tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command of Moses, the servant the Lord gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God has given them. And after that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our Lord, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Be seated. Okay, what a story. So this is the story of the last, basically the last day of 
40 years of wandering in the desert, on the last few days, I guess, and the first days of right before the Israelites go into the land. And we see here it's, you know, the division between these two books uh, kind of cuts it in half, but it's one story. And we see the death of Moses, and we see the rise of Joshua. Um, several things going on here. First, God gives Moses this uh, almost like a private tour of the land, but Moses doesn't go in. The reason Moses didn't go into the land, God told him he wouldn't be able to because years before he lost his temper and disobeyed God. and He's supposed to speak to a rock so water would come out, but he hit the rock and it was inappropriate. Uh, Moses made a mistake. And when you first hear God, this was back in the book of Numbers, say, Moses, you're because of that, because of that anger outburst thing, and you disobeyed me, you're not going to get to go in the land. It's kind of a bummer because Moses has worked so hard with these people. So we see God, and, you know, this is Moses, he's not going to be able to go in. So, but God instead takes him up on a mountain that overlooks the land. And God shows him the whole land from the north to the south, all the way to the sea in the west and to the east. And in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, we're seeing the beginning of it right now in the creation story. We see that the land itself, you know, the land that's situated between the rivers, is so closely tied with God's promises of redemption that it's almost, in the text, they're almost inseparable. We thought Moses, because he didn't lead like he was supposed to, we kind of thought that maybe God, this was like the, a punishment, that God wasn't going to let him in. But we see in this text that God takes him up on a mountain and gives him a tour of the whole thing. And then he dies, and God buries him. You know, I can't prove this, and it doesn't say it explicitly in the text. But I personally believe that when God gave Moses that tour of the land, he gave Moses a tour of the future of redemptive history. I think what he did was say, Moses, look how this is going to play out, buddy. We have another leader coming, Joshua. But then we got somebody after that, a prophet greater than you, and someone who bears Joshua's name. He's going to come and he's going to save the people from their sins and lead them into the land in a whole nother way. I think that happened with Moses, but that's kind of not the point. That's a little bit aside, but it helps to frame things. But now back at home, back at the camp, here's Joshua. Can you imagine being in his shoes in that moment? The great Moses is dead, and you, you've been his intern for like, you know, like 35 years, 40 years. And now it's time. So here's Joshua, and God comes to him, and he says, Hey, uh, Moses is dead, <laughs> as if Joshua didn't know. Uh, and then he says that he's going to give the people the land that he promised to the forefathers, to Abraham. What God is telling Joshua is, Hey, before we get into this, I want you to take a second, and I want you to look back. God calls the Joshua as he's like, you know, like in baseball. He's like in the little circle. He's on deck. He's up next. You can, he's probably nervous. And there's all the people waiting. Who's going to lead us? And God says, Joshua, 
First of all, Moses is dead. You need to put that away. But look back. Look, who came before you? And this land that's in front of you, this is the same land from the stories that you heard for your whole life. This is the land that I promised to your forefathers. He tells Joshua, remember the law. Remember what I told you at Sinai. Situate yourself before you go out here and try to lead these people. Situate yourself in the story of where you came from, where I brought you from. And then he tells Joshua to look forward. Verse 2, he says, uh, and he says, Moses is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I will give them, to the Israelites. He's telling them, look at the land. Look forward at where you're going. In verse 6, be strong and courageous. You will lead these people to inherit this land that I swore to their forefathers. Look forward. Look at the story ahead. He goes on and he says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law, my servant Moses. Don't turn from it. What God is telling Joshua is look back at what's behind you and then keep those things in mind as you go forward to where I lead you, to what's ahead of you. God is telling Joshua, calling Joshua, if you will, to set his situate the himself inside the context and the timeline of God's redemptive story for his people. God had just laid Moses down. And that was part of a big story because another prophet's coming. And now he tells Joshua, it's like he says, don't go forward without context, buddy. Know where you came from. Know where you're going. Where you came from, that's from me. Where you're going, that's from me. And lead these people, not uh, not that you like have, you just want them to follow you because you, you want to be a, like a dynamic leader personality. But no, lead these people as my agent. Tell them the story. Help them to see what's going on. So he tells them to look back. He tells them to look forward. Situate yourself in the story of where I'm taking you. And then he tells him to be strong and courageous. Confidence. Bravery. Be strong. And what those words, it's one thing to like, if you are strong, You know, for someone to say, hey, you're pretty strong. That's really good. Let's go do a thing. God is saying, be strong. (laughs) He's calling Joshua to take ownership of what God has put in him. Courage and bravery. Be courageous. God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous three times. Second time, it says, be strong and very courageous. What's ahead for Joshua is not going to be easy. The people that follow him, Moses made it clear, they're super annoying. Moses called them a stiff-necked people. They don't want to follow. And the people ahead in the land, there's giants that live in the land. We talked about that with Abraham's story. It's scary. It's going to be hard. So be strong and be courageous. But what's interesting is he doesn't call Joshua to be strong and courageous on his own power. 
He's not just telling them, hey, you, you better get it together, man. You better, you better, you better make it work. No. Go into the land that I have promised you. Go into the land that I will give to the people. Go into the land. Follow me into the land. And then he says, verse 5, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is what God tells Joshua. Look back. Look forward. Get an idea of where you are in the story and then gird up your loins and get in there. Because the battle doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. Journey isn't yours to carve out for yourself. It's mine. The promises that you inherit are promises that I am giving you. You see it? As the people follow Joshua, Joshua follows God. You see it? Okay. Be strong and courage God tells Joshua. Then Joshua tells the people, verse 10. He orders the officers and the people, go to the camp, tell the people, get your supplies ready. He tells them, get ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan. We'll take possession of the land God is giving you for your own. Get ready. We're going to do this thing. And remember, it's God doing it, not you doing it. Joshua relays the message to the people. And then he tells them, stay together. There was a thing with the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Most of the promised land was west of the Jordan River. And they are on the east bank of the Jordan, about to cross over and take that land. But the, the land where they're standing... And quite a ways back uh, was the land that at first wasn't kind of part of the promised land thing. But when they had traveled through it, these three tribes were like, hey, we heard cattle, and this actually looks pretty good. So uh, how about we stay here? And God goes, okay, you know, this is, this is, this is part of the land now. And this is going to belong to you. But... Everyone else has to cross over to the other side. So here's the deal. You can have all this beautiful land of Gilead for your cattle, and this could be your inheritance. Um, but when we get there, the men among you who are able to fight, they need to go with the rest of the people uh, over the Jordan into Canaan to help them take the land. And then once you do that, then you can go back to where you are. So Joshua reminds these folks... I know you feel like you've come far enough. I know that you're, you know, you got this little plot here and you were going to set up, you know, mom and the kids and this would be great. But, but husband, dad, grandpa, big brother, come with me. We have a whole land to take for God's whole people. So God tells Joshua, situate yourself in the story that I'm writing for you. Look back, look forward. Be strong and courageous. This is on me. It's not on you. You just got to follow. Here we go, buddy. And Joshua tells the people, hey, guys, we're going to go in. We're going to take it. So get ready. God's giving us this land and stay together. We're doing this together. And the people tell Joshua, verse 16, wherever you command us, that's what we're going to do. People say, all right, we're in. And then the people reply back 
Be strong and courageous. It's like a little liturgy they're doing. So that's the story. So, Charlie, why are you telling us this story? Well, what we have here is this story of God's people taking the land. Look back. There's memories behind. Look forward. There's opportunities ahead. Follow the leader. God's man is in the lead. Um, but stay together. We're going to do this as a team. Uh, this is this little section of Israel's story is uh, very much like where we are in our church. Very much like this season that we are in right now. Uh, we have memories behind. There's a story behind us. And like God told Joshua, uh, hey, pay attention to where you came from. It honors God when we remember our story. When I first came to apply for the job, I hope the people on the search committee gave me a packet that had been put together. Um, it's right here. It's fairly thick. Uh, but part of this packet that I've, I love, it starts, uh, I've read several times. It's the history of Hope Presbyterian Church. And it starts off in 2007 when Pat Roach and Jason Little came to plant a church in Portland. And, uh, and then Jesse Putnam shows up in 2008. And these guys leading this little church into having a place in Portland. 2009, Hope moved into this building. Some of you might remember that. And Hope has a story here. And did you know that it honors God when we remember our stories? Did you know that God calls us to look back before we go forward? And I think it's important in this season of our church, as, as we are uh, have a move ahead of us, a new location, to stop for a second and remember what's happened here. Remember the guys who led this. Remember the people. Remember when you got here. Uh, Jason had to go fairly early in the story, from what I understand, because of finances. But Pat stayed. Pat was a faithful pastor. And many of you, some of you were here with Pat. And I've heard stories about how the church just grew and how uh, uh, really embraced uh, what the beautiful things about Portland's culture that that honored God and things that we as Christians share with the culture of Portland, things like caring for the environment, things like family and friends and neighborhood, things like craft beer. (laughs) Uh, People enjoyed their time together. And Pat was faithful. I want to celebrate what God did through Pat as he led these people. And then Aaron came. And Aaron led for a while. And so people showed up and we came and the church, uh, we had some new people and some other people moved on, but we, the church was thriving and it was lively. And many of you experienced wonderful time under Pat's care and leadership. Hope had a rich history. But then in 2018, things got a little hard. Many of you remember this. Kind of like when you read through the book of Numbers and there's things are going really great and then there's a, t- there's a season where something happens and it's really hard for a while. 
had some hard days. Many of you remember that. 2018, there was a ruling elder who uh, sinned in a way that disqualified him from office. and That was really painful. And the way it was handled, and I wasn't here, but I've heard stories. It's was probably not ideal. It was hard. And the church hurt. But God was faithful. Carried this church through that time. There was a crisis with the diaconate. And lots of people left. There was a pastor who burned out. And it was really hard. But God was faithful. You guys stuck together. And you were following God to the land he had promised you. And then Aaron had to go. And you guys stayed true the best you knew how. Brought in Flourish to help get things organized and to sort of reset. Brought in Jared to be an interim. And then COVID hits. (laughs) And all in-person stuff shuts down. But God carried you through that time. When I showed up to apply, I found a group of about 40 people that were tough as nails and that had hearts that were as tender. I don't have an analogy for tender, but that were tender and beautiful. And I found a people that were strong and courageous. And my time here with you has been amazing. Such a blessing. But we're still sort of on the old hope timeline. We're still meeting here in this space. We're still sort of, uh, we're still sort of in a way on the east side of the Jordan (laughs) as a metaphor. And now God has been doing something in us. In February, we put together a new location committee fulfilling a commitment that we made when I came, that we got a new pastor, we're going to find a new space, we're going to try to meet on Sunday morning, something that works for us, where we can be ourselves, where we can be in touch with the city, where we can continue on our mission. So seeking to fulfill that promise, we put together a committee, and we've been working hard. And our new location committee has looked at 30 spaces that didn't work out. Uh, But we found one that we're in contract with, that we'll talk more about after the service. And you know, as I've been thinking about this move coming up, I'm reminded of this story where God told Joshua, and Joshua told the people, look back to where you came from. Because we're going into something new ahead. So be strong and be courageous. Folks, here's here's the point. Here's the big idea. When we follow God into taking the land, which is the renewal of all things through his son, Jesus Christ, which we're participating in. When we follow God into that, we're we're not living outside of time. We are not Moses who gets to go up on the land and get the vision of the whole thing in some like time-space continuum where he has this physical, spiritual communion with God and is buried there. That's not us. 
We're like the people who are in a story that God is going to bring us into it. And what's behind us, the history of our church, matters. It's who we are. When I came, I adopted that history as my own. And you guys adopted my history as your own. Let's remember these things. It's part of who we are. However, this is metaphorical here, but Moses is dead. God has something new for us. We need to look forward to what he has for us. We don't know everything that it's going to look like, but we know because the way he has led us by his spirit that it's going to look like welcome, worship, and transformation. That we want to be in a place where we can welcome our friends and neighbors, where our church is public, where our relationships are open, where we're bringing people into our life. We're going after people who are vulnerable and hurting to invite them in to safety under God's wings in his church. It's welcoming. We know that our future is worshipful. We are a people committed to the glory of God. We're not changing that. We're going to lay into it. Even as we move into a new space, there might be things about our worship service that maybe are framed by this space that that might be a little bit different. It'll look different. It'll feel different. The sound will be different. But you know what won't be different? Is our worship. We want to be faithful to that. And transformation, that's what it's going to look like. Our church is going to transform. It'll be different. But we don't just want that. We want to be transformed. We want to continue on this journey of being conformed to Christ's image. And we want the city to transform. What I mean by that is I'm not talking about us going out and, you know, fixing sidewalks. We might do that if it helps us to love our neighbor. But I'm talking about spiritual transformation. I'm talking about people hearing the gospel of Jesus, opening their lives to him, being called out of darkness and into light, become a part of this people in a new land. Folks, this image of going into the land that we find here in Scripture, this is the journey that we are on. And the land before us is the whole world. And the portion that God has given us is Metro Portland. So we look back, let's value our story. But guys, so we situated our stories, looking memories behind, opportunities ahead. And we want to look to God's man in the lead. Now, you want to know a secret? I'm not Joshua. Jesus is. I'm your pastor and I love being here and I I hope to be here for ages and ages. And I'm going to be working to lead. But you know what? I'm not your capital L leader. It's not Aaron's God, now Charlie, take up the helm. Moses is dead, now Joshua, you. No, 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 no. It's that Jesus has come into the world. 
He's brought a new covenant, a new way of life. The old things are now gone, and now we are in the newness of following Jesus. Did you know that Joshua in Hebrew uh, corresponds that Jesus is the same name? They both come back to the Hebrew Yeshua. You know what Yeshua means? It means the Lord saves. So as we go forward, I'm going to do my best to be a servant leader to you. Our elders are going to do our best to lead. But I need you guys to know that I'm not the one who's going to bring you into the land. Jesus is. I'm not the one who is going to make all of this work. Jesus is. I'm not the one that's going to do the work of evangelism in the city and bring people in. Jesus is. And he's going to do that work through me and through you and through all of us. Which leads us to the last thing. It calls us to situate ourselves in the story, look back, look forward, to put our eyes on the leader, Christ himself, and then to stay together and do the work as a team. Folks, me, your pastor, Christopher and Scott, ruling elders, we need you. Uh, it, this is not uh, like this is not like a Timbers game where a bunch of people go and pay a bunch of money to sit in the stands so that money can go to pay the players in the field to play the game. Uh, that the way that this works, you guys know this. This we all learn this. Uh, we don't give our offerings to pay Charlie's salary so Charlie can do the work of the church. <laughs> no, we are all doing the work of the church together. This is why when. Uh, First Peter writes to the people, he, in his letter, he says, you are a kingdom of priests. Did you know that every single follower of Christ is a minister of the gospel? Did you know that in a sense, each of you, young and old, men and women, were all called to be pastors? It doesn't diminish the fact that I've been ordained by you guys and from the Lord to lead but it heightens the fact that what you guys want to see me and the elders do, we're called to do as a whole family. I tell you this to invite you. We have big work ahead. Moving to a new space, figuring out how that's going to work, meeting new neighbors, you know, learning a new landlord, uh, driving or transiting to a different place for church. And all those things are going to be hard, but all those things are the small things. The big thing is going to be living in to welcome worship and transformation for the life of our city. Folks, when churches turn inward, they don't have much time left. But when churches committed to Christ turn outward, in the context of where God has placed them in their story, to the folks that are around them, God begins to do incredible things. And our goal in this next season is to be an outward-facing church, committed to Jesus, but open and pursuing people. That's our hope. So, that's what God calls us to. And I wonder if we as a people can respond like the people responded here. They said back to Joshua, Oh, yeah. Be strong and courageous. It's like the people said, we're in.
Now, we all know that people, they went on to take the land, or at least, you know, they didn't take all of it, most of it. Uh, They waned between faithfulness and unfaithfulness, mostly unfaithfulness. And uh, it, it wasn't, this wasn't the like beginning of the happily ever after. In fact, they spent many years in the land and it ended in exile because they totally blew it. But that exile was over when Jesus Christ came into the world. And he's the fulfillment of all of God's promises to the people of Israel. Which means that for us in him, all of God's promises to the people fulfilled in Christ belong to us today as the church. Which means that the whole world lies before us as God's land for us to inhabit. Not so we can be glorified and get glory and do whatever we want, but so that Jesus Christ would be preeminent in all things. So, we got some stuff ahead. Let's remember that we're in a story. God has been working in this church for a long time. We believe he's going to work in us going forward. He's faithful. Remember that we have a leader who is infallible and strong and courageous, and it's Christ himself. And remember, he's invited us to go together, work together. Let's pray.